It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome to the show, everyone. we got a great one for you today here on this Thursday, October 1st, as we look to preview UFC Fight Night Holm versus Aldana, which will take place this Saturday, uh, October 3rd, from UFC Fight Island in uh, Abu Dhabi, Dubai, UAE. Uh, good to be back with you guys here, uh, getting another preview show in here, uh, and, and like I previewed on our uh, recap show earlier in the week. Uh, this was not a fight card I was looking forward to. Let me let me tell you, this is uh, <laughs> this this looks like a, a contender series card. This looks like an LFA card. It is uh, not very good, but uh, we'll we'll try to remain positive and and look at some of the some of the better fights on this card because there, you know there are some interesting fighters on this card. Um, you know that I would I wouldn't say I'd go out of my way to watch, but um, you know. Definitely some names people might know, but uh, certainly just feels like a card that the UFC was contractually obligated to put on. And, uh, you know, here we are, you know, main event, co-main event, be damned. Uh, If it has to all be prelim fights, well, we can check this one off the box. Um, So it probably won't be the longest uh, preview show we've ever done because um, there's not going to be a whole lot to say about some of these fighters. Um... So I kind of wanted to start off here with the canceled and fizzled bouts because I think that will explain why this card sucks so badly. Um, now, even if all of these fights, well, you know what, if all of these fights are on here, it actually would be a pretty decent uh, fight night, but obviously that's a pipe dream. Um, you know, I I understand the world we live in and this is a fight game, fights fall out all the time, but man, I you know, I'm actually pretty excited for some of these canceled and fizzled bouts and it's, you know, it's unfortunate that we... Uh, you know, didn't get to see him. Uh, supposedly, they were working on a Jeremy Stevens and Edson Barbosa fight. Um, that would have been very, very interesting. Um, I know Jeremy Stevens uh, has a record for most losses in the UFC. Um, he's gonna, he, he's not leaving the UFC anytime soon, so he's gonna absolutely smash that uh, record that he already owns. Um, but, but he's an interesting fighter. Uh, you know, or, or I wouldn't say he's the hardest hitting 145er out there, but. Yeah, he hits, he hits pretty darn hard, you know what I mean? Um, and obviously Edson Barbosa, you know, that's that's always interesting whenever he's fighting. And, you know, that, um, I guess it fizzled out to, the, I guess, I guess Tapology saying they technically didn't book it. But so, uh, you know, maybe that's a, a, a possibility in the future. Um, there was also a canceled bout here between Charles Oliveira and Benil Dariush. Um, that would have been a good fight. I don't, I don't really quite understand the matchmaking on that one they're miles apart in the rankings um Oliveira is at number five and uh Dariush is at 13 um although Dariush is on a a little bit of a winning streak here but I I don't understand the matchmaking on that one but I wouldn't be complaining if I watched that fight because I it would be a good one I think Oliveira would win but you know Dariush, he should fight a Islam Makachev or a, or a Gregor Gillespie. And Oliveira, you know, 
Oliveira is never going to get somebody above him in the rankings because then you're talking about McGregor and Ferguson and Poirier and you know <laughs> Oliveira is never getting one of those fights at least not anytime soon you know what I mean he's not a big name but like I don't know let's put him in there with Hooker or Felder or Iaquinta you know I don't know that's that's not the greatest um, matchmaking I've ever seen although obviously a lot to, to win there for Dariush because you'd go up eight spots if you won that one um, we also had a uh, Tom Breeze versus Roman Kapilov um, that would have been, been a little interesting Tom Breeze obviously had a lot of hype um, hasn't been super active but I think he might have fought a, f- uh, a few months ago so you know he's back on the horse um, former flyweight champion Nico Montano was going to take on Julia Avila no surprise Montano withdrew um, I mean, that wouldn't be a good fight because Montano is not a, a good fighter, but it would have been interesting just because it's a former champ. Um, Tiago Santos and Glover Teixeira uh, was removed from this card. That's unfortunate. I think they're scheduled for... Well, I guess I can look it up here. I think they're scheduled for later in October, I want to say. Um, that would be a, That will be a hell of a fight when it happens. Uh, oh, okay, so early in November. Um... I think both sides have tested positive for COVID at different points um, in this bout's uh, history. That's going to be a fucking banger. I just hope Tiago Santos is completely healthy. Obviously, fuck, he like tore his ACL, PCL, MCL, fuck, like broke his femur in the John Jones fight. And it's been a hot minute since he's been in the octagon because those are that's very uh, severe injury, especially for a guy who I think is like 36. Although Glover Teixeira is no spring chicken either. <clears throat> uh, Kyler Phillips and uh, Dana Batgari. Um That would have been a really good fight. I, I'm, you know, I, I might side with the, the Mongolian on that one. I'm fascinated by uh, Dana Batgari, or I'm sure I'm fucking butchering that. Um, but he had, he last fought in uh, March, and that's when he had that fucking insane knockout of Guido Canetti. Uh, just oh, a killer left hook, a fucking killer left hook. Um, so that would have been that would have been pretty interesting. And I think Kyler Phillips, I believe he fought on one of the seasons of The Ultimate Fighter, maybe. Um, but that that would have been a good one. And um, you know, obviously, no point in talking about any of these further because they're all canceled bouts. But I just figured I'd talk about that because that is kind of a narrative with this uh, fight card. Is well, I mean, a lot of those fights that got canceled would have been main card fights, certainly um, that that we're not going to see. So we have 11 fights here on this fight card. As, as always, we'll start from the bottom and, and work our way up to the top. So we'll start here with the prelim opener. It's a lightweight fight here between Jessen Ayari and Luigi Vendramini. Uh, the odds for this fight coming from Odds Shark. Uh, they're both minus 115 uh, pickums. So uh, this this one's interesting again. You know, some of these early prelims. Boy, your 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 guess is just as good as mine. I don't know if there's a whole lot to draw here. Um, Ayari, um, he's he's 28. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, he's been in the UFC for f- four years. Um, I've never heard of him. Um, he lost to uh, Darren Till back in May of 2017. So that's about the most notable thing. We, we have to say about Jessen Ayari. He also lost to Stevie Ray, who just retired. Uh, shout out to Stevie Ray. Um, Luigi Vendramini, 
Uh, I don't have anything to say on this guy uh, either. Five foot eight at 170 pounds, that is not going to work out long term. Um, might work out here because you're, you're at the lower levels of the UFC, but he's only 24. Um, he's got a pretty good reach for being five foot eight, 73 inch reach. Um, he lost his last fight to uh, Alessio Zaleski dos Santos. Um, and that was his UFC debut. And it doesn't say that it was late notice. Um, and it's been 25 months since he's been in the octagon. Jesus Christ. So he was a 22-year-old debuting against, uh, for my money, the most underrated fighter that probably most fans don't know about, Alessio uh, Zaleski dos Santos. Uh, that's, that's a fucking tall task. So I don't... I, I, I don't even count that loss. That, that loss is irrelevant to me. You took a guy who's 22 and in a weight class, that's probably one weight class above his, tr- well, not his true weight class, but the, the weight class he should be fighting at. Dudes, I, I know Zaleski de Santos has lost, lost a couple of fights here uh, in his last handful, but there was a point where he was like, he had like an eight fight winning streak. Like he probably should have been ranked, um, you know, early on in 2019 then you know lost to uh jen Liang li um and uh, muslim salikov who we do have as ranked although that was a split decision loss and to be honest i kind of i believe i scored that for um uh capoeira but you know that's that's tough that's tough um we'll we'll go with luigi uh vendramini on this one and um we'll go by decision because I, I don't i don't know i just throw that in there to uh to make it uh, more interesting uh by giving a method um, moving on here on the prelims, we have a bantamweight fight here between Casey Kenny and Haley Alateng. Uh, the odds from Odd Shark have this as a minus 320 favorite um, in favor of Casey Kenny, so that's pretty significant. Um, Casey Kenny, I'm a very big fan of this guy. Again, like I've said, um, he's going to have a very tough time being ranked at uh, bantamweight just because it, bantamweight's so fucking deep, dude. It's ridiculously deep. We didn't we did not have Marab Davalishvili ranked for the longest time. Um, thankfully, we, thankfully we do now. But it's like, man, that guy was deserving of being ranked. You know, he had that bullshit loss to Ricky Simone, and then he had like another like bullshit decision loss. And it's like, man, it's 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 tough sledding. But Casey Kenny's really good. Um, I first heard of him when he uh, beat Ray Borg. Um, so he beat Ray Borg in uh, March of 2019. Um, you know what I mean? His only loss, his only loss in the UFC comes to Marab Devalishvili, which, you know, that's, I can't fault you for that one. Marab, Marab's going to be in the top five at, at some point in the next calendar year. Marab is, he, I mean, he's, the, he's, the, he's the machine. He's the fucking machine. But Casey Kenny fuck me so he beat brandon royville in in the lfa that win is looking even better uh this was a guy who uh was a little too big for flyweight and moved up but um beat ray borg in his ufc debut beat manny bermudez when manny bermudez was 14 and 0 he was 14 and 0 and i think he missed weight as well so like i said kenny was a flyweight moved up to bantamweight and now he's facing a guy who was is a is a, a true featherweight was fighting at bantamweight, missed weight, came in at 140. So now you're taking an undersized bantamweight and pretty much putting him up against a featherweight, and he still beat him. He still beat Manny Bermudez. Um, then they lost him to Rob, and then you know he rebounded with Luis Smolka, uh, choked him out pretty quickly um, in uh, Jacksonville. 
So Casey Kenny, he's a really good fighter. Um, Haley Alatang, um, interesting that he's a Chinese fighter um, from Inner Mongolia. So I mean, not a lot of uh, not a lot of fighters in the UFC from uh, Inner Mongolia in China. Um, although I don't know, maybe he has a lot in common with uh, Dana Batgari. Um, but that that's always interesting. You know, it's interesting to keep a track uh, of these uh, Chinese fighters, um, just because uh, that's that's really where we're going to see the next explosion. And I'm not really breaking any news because you know that was a talking point about a year ago, or well, more than a year ago. You know, and obviously now Weili Zhang being the first Chinese champion. You know, China's obviously on the map. But I, I don't know, man. You see the UFC put the one of their performance institutes in Shanghai, maybe. Shanghai or Beijing or fuck I don't know some Chinese city I guess I'm just guessing on that one um but like we're gonna see a lot of really good fighters come out of China I mean just population wise I have to believe there are a handful at least a handful of people in China who can fight you know what I mean we've seen the Brazilian explosion um you know we we saw the European um explosion with like Connor and um uh Ioana um, and five, I guess it's still continuing with Jan Blahovich, but you know that's that's really where we're going to see the next explosion is uh, from China. Um, maybe a John. I always get his name wrong. John Liang Li, or is it Li Jian Ling? I, I always get the first name and the last name mixed uh, mixed in the order. But you know, either there's already a handful of fighters from China in the UFC. I think. Jan uh, Yaonan, I think she's supposed to fight in the next couple of weeks. But but either way, um, you know that's interesting. Obviously, I'm going Casey Kenny on this one because I think pretty highly of him, um, and I think I'll get it done um, in in rather convincing fashion, if I you say so myself. Uh, moving on here on the prelims, we have a women's strawweight fight here between Luma Lukbunmi and Jin Yu Frey. Uh, the odds from Oddshark have uh, Look Bun Me as a minus 150 favorite. Um, yeah, fuck me. I, 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 I don't know about picking this one. I have no idea. I mean, Look Bun Me is uh, 24. She's five foot one, which is, I mean, that might be. Oh, no, Danielle Taylor. I think she's still in the UFC. She's definitely shorter. Um, but that's really short, even for um, a straw weight. Um, she made her UFC debut um, back in October. Oh, so a year ago, uh, versus Alexandra Albu. Um, then had that fight with uh, Angela Hill, where Angela Hill uh, won by unanimous decision in February. So one and one so far in the UFC. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I guess that was a reason why people thought Angela Hill was a good fighter because she just beats up on uh, you know subpar competition uh Jin Frey, she made her UFC debut oh it's probably a handful of months ago at this point um June uh she lost to Kay Hansen she was a champ over um in Invicta um I'm gonna go Jin Frey on this one uh, I mean I know that Kay Hansen loss doesn't look super great because you lost to a fucking 20 year old but um I don't know being a champ in Invicta means something I don't exactly know what it means, but you look at the other Invicta champions, I mean, they they tend to stick around or at least have, uh, you know, an extended cup of coffee here in the UFC. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is a grown woman versus, 
you know, a, a 23 or 24 year old. So, um, I don't know. I don't feel super confident about picking Jin Frey, but uh, we'll we'll go with her on this one. All right, moving on here. Still on the prelims, we have a uh, middleweight fight here between Jordan Williams, who's nine and three, and Nasruddin Imovov, who's eight and two. Uh, we look at the odds. They have uh, Williams as a minus one forty-five favorite. Um, so Jordan Williams, this was the guy who had that hellacious knockout um, on the Contender Series over Gregory Rodriguez. This was um, on Seb. Uh, September 15th, so he's making a quick turnaround. Um, I think he's the first UFC fighter with diabetes. I don't know which type, um, but I believe he has diabetes, which is, uh, I think, uh, only of note here um, because he can't really cut weight, I think is what they were saying on the broadcast. So um, he la- he, weigh- he weighed in at 181 pounds in his last fight. So, I mean, th- that's pretty interesting that's a pretty big disadvantage weight wise you know because if you're going to be fighting at middleweight I mean imagine a high-end example but obviously there's people who cut a lot of weight in the UFC but like imagine him fighting someone with the physique of a Paulo Costa you know Costa cuts down from 220 pounds you know there's a lot of buff guys at middleweight um so I don't I don't know how that's going to work out for him um in the future as as hopefully he progresses up the the chain here in the ufc i mean weight cutting is a real thing it is a real advantage to to weigh more than your opponent um obviously there's a a point of diminishing returns where you know you don't want to weight cut too badly but um that that is interesting that is interesting um but but again fucking hellacious knockout of gregory rodriguez i mean listening to it, it it sounded like he was chopping wood i mean it it was bad and um I liked his reaction afterwards. Um, he, he fought on the Contender Series um, a year before that and lost a split decision. So, I mean, that's pretty much all I have on um, on Jordan Williams. I have absolutely nothing on Nasruddin Imovov. I have never heard of him. Um, his nickname is the Russian Sniper, which, I mean, that's a good nickname, although he's uh, fighting out of France, so I don't really know a whole lot of good MMA gyms. Um, in France, uh, he last fought in uh, Aris FC, um, which is interesting. There's a couple of UFC fighters who are in uh, Aris um, FC, so I don't know if that's kind of like the French version of like Brave, where in a couple of years, you know, now that MMA is legalized in France, in a couple of years, will it'll it'll be a legitimate feeding ground um, for French MMA, whatever that's worth. Um, but he fought uh, Jonathan uh, Mounier. Oh, I'm sure I butchered that. But I think that was the guy who got uh, spinning backfisted by uh, Colby Covington. I mean, I can click on it and figure it out here. Um, oh, yeah, he got. Uh, he was the guy. That's on every single fucking highlight of Colby Covington. That that spinning backfist on Jonathan Mounier. That will be used until the end of fucking time, um, even though it did no damage. Um, but yeah, Aries FC, I think... Um, Fuck, who's that guy? Oh, Juan Adams is over there. Uh, Nordin Talib. I think he went over to Aries FC. So, I mean, interesting. I'm going to go with Jordan Williams on this one. Just I, I know what I've seen with Williams. I've seen nothing from uh, Imovov. Maybe he's the next fucking big thing. I have no fucking idea. But, you know, I'll, I'll go with the known over the unknown on this one. 
All right, moving on here. Still on the prelims, uh, we have a featherweight bout here between Joshua Kulabau and Charles Ayer Jordan. Fucking awesome nickname. Uh, Kulabau's eight and one. Jordan ten and three. Uh, we look at the odd shark odds. Uh, they have Jordan as the minus four fifty favorite. Um, so pretty pretty heavy favorite here for uh, Jordan. Um, so th- this is a guy, um, 10 and three, uh, he's still only 24. He might've been in the UFC when he was, oh, 23. Okay. I thought he was here a little longer than he has been. Um, but he's one and two in the UFC. Now he's never had an easy fight in the UFC. He lost his debut. I want to say on, sh- I want to say this was on pretty short notice versus, uh, Desmond Green. I mean, Desmond Green at that point in his career had th- exactly three times as many professional fights as Jordan, um, and I think he's like 34. Um, but he came back. He, he got a knockout of uh, Duho Choi. I believe that was a fight card in Korea. Then came back and fought Andre Feely and lost a split decision. Um, so that, I mean, that's fucking tough. Andre Feely is a really tough guy. Um, kind of, kind of a gatekeeper to be honest, because he'll he won't beat anybody above him. Uh, but he'll, he'll definitely beat people below him. I mean, we, we know exactly where Andre Feely is slotted in. So if if you're uh, Jordan, I'm not going to say if he loses, he's going to get cut. But again, like I've been saying over the last couple of months, you know, with the UFC, and they've kind of even admitted this, but like with the UFC signing all these contender series guys, they're going to have to cut an extra amount of UFC fighters to make room for these contender series guys so they can make sure they give contracts to to their fighters. So more than ever right now, you don't want to be a person on a losing streak. I I mean, it's never good to be on a losing streak, so that's kind of redundant, but I mean, especially now, you you don't even want to tempt it. You don't want to, you know, two-fight losing streak lost three of your last four. Ah, we kind of like you. We still kind of like you, uh, Charles, but we're going to cut you because, you know, we want to sign more contender series guys. And you can't really blame them because you look at the success of the content contender series. I mean, I'm not going to say there's not busts from the contender series, but like, ah, you know, you look at, you look at some of the alum, ah, they're doing pretty good shit. It's only a matter of time before we have a champ from the contender series. Um, and, uh, Cooley Bao, uh, he made his UFC debut here in, uh, 2020. Um, he lost in February to Jalen Turner, um, that, that's a tough one. Jalen Turner, um, I was not very high on him a couple of years ago, but he's kind of grown on me. Um, I, I think I think he's a pretty tough tough fighter at this point, and you know, I, again, he's super fucking tall for 155. I don't know if that's sustainable, but um, I, I like what he brings to the table. So for for Kulabau, I mean, not a whole lot to to work with here. I mean, he was undefeated when he came to the UFC. Um, I am obviously going to go with Charles Air Jordan here. Um, I just think he's the better fighter. He's really fucking talented. He's a good striker. He does some, uh, you know, acrobatic stuff. Um, so, not too hard of a choice here. We'll go uh, Charles Jordan on this one by... Yeah, we'll say he knocks him out. We'll say he knocks him out uh, round two. All right, moving on here to the prelim headliner. It is a welterweight fight here between Carlos Condit and Court McGee. Condit 30 and 13, McGee 19 and 9. We look at the odd shark odds. They have Court McGee as the minus 130 favorite. 
Um, I have a feeling this is going to be a sad fight, because I don't think it's going to quite go in the favor of uh, the natural-born killer. Um, you look at Carlos Condit, he's only 36, which I, w- I would have figured he was a little older. I would have figured he was pushing 40. Um, but fuck me, man. Like, I don't know. He's he's on a five-fight losing streak. Um, oh, Jesus Lord. Five-fight losing streak. He's lost eight of his last ten, I think. Jesus Lord. So, things have not really gone good for Carlos Condit since 2012. And, you know, he's only had more injuries and more losses. So, um, it's, it's tough to tell because a lot of his losses on this five-fight losing streak are to pretty... Well, all of them are to, are to actually really tough fighters. Um, so, it's it's tough to gauge. I mean, you know, you lost to Robbie Lawler. You lost to Damian Maya, Neil Magny, Alex Oliveira, and uh, Michael Chiesa. I mean, tell me where the punk is in there. You know what I mean? That So, I don't know. It, it's tough because... People remember Carlos Condit fondly, and I suppose I'm rooting for him to win because it'd just be a good story. And um, you know, he, he's obviously uh, you know provided many memorable moments here in in the UFC. But fuck, I don't know. Court McGee, he's also on a two fight losing streak. Um, he lost to uh, Diego Lima and Sean Brady. He's also lost four of his last five and five of his last seven. Um, fuck, I don't know. And they're and. The worst thing for Court McGee is that the f- four of his last five losses, or well, his fo- his last four losses, which have taken place over the course of uh, the, this five fight stretch, they're they're all losses by decision, by unanimous well w- split decision Diego Lima, but all decision losses, which is a very very bad sign, because um, <laughs> like I, like I say. I guess it goes the other way too. You know, we talk about Kamara Usman and why winning uh, unanimous decision over unanimous decision is um, really dominant because you win a series of moments. You win so many series of moments that you consistently win unanimous decisions. Well, in this case, it's the exact opposite. So that's really disheartening for Court McGee. It's like, no, 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 no. It's not like you got knocked out and it was just a super awesome blitz, and you just, you, you you failed that individual moment. No, 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 you failed dozens of moments in each of these fights, resulting in you losing via unanimous decision. So, this would be a little different if Court McGee was on like a two-fight winning streak over Lima and Brady, but I'm going to go with Carlos Condit, because they're both on shitty losing streaks. Carlos Condit, I guess I'll just bet on the talent and, and, and you know, the the wealth of experience. Not that Court McGee, you know, is new in the UFC, but certainly Court McGee does not have the high-level experience um, that a Carlos Condit has. I, I guess you just got to hope his body's not completely fucking broken down at this point. And even then, I don't feel great about picking Carlos Condit. It's just, it, it's two bad, two bad choices. Pick the guy... Uh, you know, who was the interim champ, you know, a fucking decade ago, who's on a five-fight losing streak, or pick the guy who never did anything in the UFC and lost four of his last five. I don't know, man. It's a total fucking crapshoot. All right, moving on to the main card here on the main card opener. It is a uh, middleweight bout here between Daquan Townsend and Dusko Todorovic. Uh, We look at the odds here. Uh, Todorovic is the minus 330 favorite. I don't have a whole lot to say on this. I did get to see uh, the Tarantula Daquan Townsend 
um, in person because uh, he was the one making his UFC debut uh, at at that UFC Minneapolis card in June of 2019. Um, he made his debut against uh, Dalsha Lungiambula. Got knocked out f- pretty badly. He got knocked out pretty badly um, by uh, Dalsha. Um, he then went on to lose to Bevan Lewis and Devin Clark, uh, both unanimous decision losses. So um, this, this is not the mailman's lock of the week, but it's it's damn near close. Um, yeah, I don't I, I, like. I've never really seen a moment where I was like, oh, okay, he belongs in the UFC. It's it's just, I don't know, man. He's he's a tough. He's a. I'll give him this. He's a tough guy physically to fight. He, you know, he's six three. He's got a seventy nine inch uh, reach. Um, you know, which I mean, those aren't insane for for light heavyweight, but you know, those, those are you know probably well above average. I just don't have anything really interesting to say about uh, Townsend. You know, he made it to the UFC. That's cool. But, you know what I mean? I don't think he's... I think he loses to to, uh, Todorovic and he gets cut from the UFC because then he's on a four-fight losing streak. I, I think they, the UFC was nice to Townsend because he did them a solid and came in uh, on late notice versus uh, Longiambula. And they just let him stay around. But I'm um, not going to last. This guy has a lot of fucking hype around him. There's a lot of people who are excited about Todorovic. Um, he's, he's from Serbia. He's only 26. Um, you know, I don't know, man. Fucking Eastern Europe produces a lot of tough fighters. So um, I'm interested to see this guy um, make his debut. So he won on the Contender Series back in August of last year. And he's yet to make his debut. He was supposed to fight John Phillips twice in uh, March. Both got canceled. And then he was supposed to fight John Phillips in uh, July. So he's had a couple of, well, a handful of canceled bouts here with John Phillips. Um, so um, I, I like this. I like this matchup a lot. Um, you have a glorified can in uh, Townsend, um, but a guy with a lot more experience. So, you know, Todorovic can't make rookie mistakes. Not that Townsend's the most dangerous fucking guy in the world, but, you know, obviously he has way more experience. So, you know, it's a very, very easy, cushy fight for Todorovic to make his UFC debut on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I, I, would, I really want to do the lock of the week on this one, but uh, I'm not going to do it, although I did not plan my lock of the week uh, beforehand. So, um, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. This, you know, this is the mailman's lock of the week. I didn't plan it beforehand. I was just going to go through and, and find one that uh, made a lot of sense to me. Fuck it. Dusko Todorovic, you are the mailman's lock of the week. It's time now for the mailman's lock of the week. All right, there you have it. Dusko Todorovic. Serbia's own is the mailman's lock of the week. All right, moving on here. Still on the main card, we have a bantamweight fight here between Kyler Phillips and Cameron Else. Phillips is 7-1. Else is 10-4. Kyler Phillips also is a very heavy favorite here. He's the minus 450 favorite. Um, No surprise here. It's going to be a win for Kyler Phillips. I have absolutely nothing to say about Cameron Else. Um... He was a very late notice replacement here. 29, he's from England. Good for him. 
Um, he, he fights at, at uh, Jackson Wink, so that's at least a little interesting. Obviously, a very solid camp there, and um, he's on a six-fight winning streak, all of them by first-round stoppage. So uh, he I, he is dangerous, um, although these are some of the opponents he's faced. Uh, 0-0, 1-1, 0-0, 4-0, 0-1, and his last fight was against a guy who was 3-14. and So that's an impressive winning streak, uh, but when you uh, look into it, eh, not so much, not so much. Um, Kyler Phillips, uh, again, like I said earlier, um, in the bantamweight division, fucking massive uphill battle to get ranked. I mean, you know, Kyler Phillips is on a two-fight winning streak here in the UFC. Um, Or actually a one-fight winning streak in in the UFC. He beat Gabriel Silva, and that was a really good fight um, in uh, February. I think that might have been the one in Rio Rancho. That was a fucking really good fight. Um, but the the thing is with with uh, Kyler Phillips, I mean, you know, that was a great performance and all, but it's, it's about not tripping up here against Cameron Else. Um, that, that's going to set you back like four years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's still like six wins in the UFC away from being ranked at bantamweight. I mean, it's it's an impossible task to, to, to try to work your way up there. But, um, you know, I like his energy. I like his style, too. I like his sunglasses. Um, so for all those reasons, we're going to go with Kyler the Matrix Phillips. All righty, moving on here on, uh, on the main card here in the featured bout on the main card. It is a women's bantamweight fight between Jermaine Durandamy and Juliana Pena. Durandamy 9 and 4, Pena 9 and 3. We consult the North Star Sports uh, women's bantamweight division rankings. Uh, Jermaine Durandamy, the number one contender. Well, actually, she's ranked. She's ranked at number one. She is certainly not the number one contender, um, but ranked at number one. Juliana Pena ranked at number four. Um, yeah, this is a big fight for Pena. Uh, this fight means nothing for Durandamy. Um, I hope to never see her in, in another title fight. I, honestly, I hope to never see her in another UFC fight. Um, just a really boring, boring fighter. Uh, one of the worst champs we've ever had in the UFC. Um, she's probably the second worst champ um, right behind Nico Montano. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. This fight means a lot for Pena. Honestly, Pena did did not even have to take this fight. I think Pena would have got the next title fight no matter what. Well, I shouldn't say no matter what. I guess it depends on the health of Tatiana Suarez. But, you know, she's ranked at number four. She's never had a title fight before. Fucking everybody's had a title shot against Amanda Nunes. So, you know, that already was going in the favor of Pena. Um, but you know what? Now, now that I say it, I mean, Nunes just had a kid. It might be a hot minute before she comes back. Comes back, and you know if she can get a win over Durandamy, maybe she shoots ahead of um, of Tatiana Suarez. Although I, I think Suarez is probably the person to beat um, Amanda Nunes. But it's just I, I don't know. Neck injuries are never good, and you know who knows when she's gonna return. Um, supposedly she's close to returning. Um, Actually, wait a minute. What the fuck am I talking about? That's women's straw weight. Never mind. Okay. Never mind. Completely throw out the last fucking minute of whatever I was saying. I was getting her confused with another fighter. Um, yeah, fucking. She didn't have to take this fight. If she wins, obviously she's next in line for uh, the title. Uh, they are in completely different uh, divisions. Uh, 
Um, but yeah, this fight, I really hope Pena wins. Uh, it's going to be boring as shit. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just don't like Jermaine Duran to me. Just don't like her. Um, so we'll go Juliana Pena on this one. Uh, we look at the odds. Uh, if my computer doesn't have a fucking aneurysm. Uh, Durandamy is the minus 145 favorite. I think rightfully so. She's definitely tricky, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Here's, here's hoping. Here's hoping that she loses. All right, moving on here to the co-main event of the evening. It's a heavyweight fight here between Jorgen DeCastro and Carlos Felipe. DeCastro 6-1, Felipe is 8-1. We look at the odds here for this fight. Uh, they have Jorgen DeCastro was the minus 250 favorite. Um, yeah, this one should not be a co-main event. It's it's solely a co-main event because it's two heavyweights. Um, I mean, thank God they had the decency to not make Jermaine Durandamy and Juliana Pena the co-main event because, God, I can't stand I can't stand Jermaine Durandamy getting these headlining fight nights and, and co-main events on pay-per-views and stuff like that. Just utterly boring. Um, this one should be a good one for as long as it lasts. I'm, I'm going to go with Jorgen DeCastro on this one by first round knockout. Um, this guy's fucking vicious. Um, for someone who's six feet tall and uh, 262 pounds, he's not a fat guy. He's not a fat guy. Um, he's surprisingly muscular for, for what I've just described. Um, he has incredibly tiny arms because he has 74-inch uh, reach. Uh, he did lose his last fight to Greg Hardy, which fucking sucked. Um, but he, he had probably one of the best knockouts of 2019 with that uh, counter right-hand knockout of Justin Taffa at UFC 243. Um, so I'm, I'm still pretty high on the guy. I mean, he's got a lot of power even for a heavyweight, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see him. He's 32, so, um, you know, still several years away from his prime. Um, Carlos Felipe, he's 25, pretty much the exact same dimensions as uh, Jorgen DeCastro, six foot tall. Uh, got an inch uh, reach advantage, 261 pounds. Uh, he's also on a one-fight losing streak. He lost his last fight uh, to Sergey Spivak, who, um, I don't know, he's really fucking turned it, turned it around. He's, my opinion on, on Sergey has changed um, greatly. So, I mean, this is a guy who's looking for his uh, first win in the UFC. Um, I, just, I just don't have a whole lot to say about him. I, I really... Um, I vaguely remember that Sergey Spivak fight, but um, not not really, man. So I, I just don't really have anything in the old memory bank on uh, Carlos Felipe, um, but I, I certainly do with Jorgen DeCastro. So um, if not for for that reason alone, uh, we'll, we'll go Jorgen DeCastro by first round knockout. All right, now we've made it here to the main event of the evening. It's a women's bantamweight fight here between Holly Holm and Irene Aldana. Holm is 13 and 5. Aldana is 12 and 5. Uh, we look at the North Star Sports rankings. Holly Holm is ranked at number two, and Irene Aldana is ranked at number six. Um, let's see here. Oh, the odds, of course. Uh, minus 120, minus 120 favorite um, for Holly Holm. Um, yeah, I, I'm not looking forward to this main event. I, I really, truly do not care. I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm Holly Holmed out. I, I'm all Holly Holmed out. I, I don't ever want to see Holly Holm fight again. I, I, I really don't. I, I just really don't care. Like, so her last fight was one of the most boring fights I've 
ever seen in a co-main event slot ever versus Raquel Pennington. The fight before that, she got knocked out brutally by Amanda Nunes. Before that, she beat Megan Anderson, someone who absolutely does not belong in the UFC. There's no way Megan Anderson belongs in the UFC. Complete can. Uh, just a just a you know human coloring book. Before that, a loss to Cyborg, a, a win over Bachikohea, who never did anything after she got that title fight. And then before that, losses to Durandami, Shevchenko, and Tate. So, I just don't want to see Holly Holm. She's boring. She's boring, and she's... I don't care what anybody says. She's not that good of a fighter. I'm not trying to be a dick about it, but you can't tell me she's that good of a fighter when when you look at her record since the, the win over Ronda Rousey. Okay, that's awesome. That's super cool. You're the person who ended Ronda Rousey. That's awesome. Thank you, by the way. Thank you for ending Ronda Rousey. But, like... Because you're the one that beat Ronda Rousey, do we have to have you in a, in a main event uh, on a fight night after you've lost fucking, like, f- five of your last seven? Like, oh, five of your last eight, excuse me. Um, y- you know what I mean? Like, Jesus Christ. If she wins this fight, she's probably getting another title fight, just for no reason. If she loses this fight, she's probably getting another title fight. I mean, I, I just don't ever want to see her fight. It, it, it's a boring style. She's getting up there in age. Um, and again, she's just, she's, she's a one hit wonder. You know what I mean? I, I hate to be so callous and, and oversimplify things. Um, you, you know what I mean? Cause it kind of throws nuance out the window, but like, what has she done since beating Ronda Rousey? A win over Betscohea means nothing. A win over Megan Anderson means absolutely nothing. Again, doesn't belong in the UFC and, and, and a win over Raquel Pennington. Okay. Well, you have a win over a 500 fighter. Not not just a 500 fighter in the UFC, a five, pretty much a 500 fighter overall. So like, oh, I just don't want to see her in a main event. I don't want to see her in a co-main event. Just it, it, it's it's a it's a waste. It's a waste. Couldn't you put somebody else here for for the main event? Like anybody, literally anybody. Just put anybody. I don't care if it's two unranked fucking 23 year olds. At least that's a showcase for them. It's just it's it's wasting our time. Now, Irene Aldana, okay, at least that's something fresh. At least that's something new. Um, you, you know what I mean? She hasn't had her entire career handed to her on a silver platter because of one victory. Um, she's not living off the past. So I, I really hope Irene Aldana wins uh, because then that shakes up the, the bantamweight division at least a little bit. I mean, this is one of the most stale divisions in the UFC. Everybody's had a title fight. Everybody's lost in Nunez. Everybody's getting held down because Durand me and Holly Holm keep getting all these fucking co-main events and main events that they don't deserve. Um, yeah, it's just fucking brutal. Now, she last fought in December of 2019. A very solid win over an undefeated Ketlin Vieira, who probably was next in line for a, a, a title fight if she had won that fight. Um, she knocked her out uh, late in the first round. Um, but outside of that, really has done nothing in, in the UFC. I mean... Uh, split decision loss to Raquel Pennington, uh, a win over Betscohea, which is only notable because of, I mean, Betscohea's Instagram, and uh, she was a former title challenger. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Looks like she's turning it around. I mean, she's won five of her last six, albeit most of them against, uh, you know, very subpar competition. But um, you know, it certainly figures to have the momentum coming off of that that you know hellacious knockout. But um, you know, fuck me. It, 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 I'll pick Aldana to win by decision, but 
Yeah. I'm not going to enjoy this this main event. I'm not going to enjoy this main card. You know, kind of wrapping it up here. Um, y- you know what I mean? I, there are some fights on this card that are interesting. I can get into some of them. You know, I'm, I'm happy to see Casey Kenny fighting. Um, you know, DeCastro should be interesting. I like Kyler Phillips. Um, you know, uh Charles Jordan, you know, I, I can get behind that, but, you know, really there's just kind of four lower level but interesting fighters um, that I'd like to see, but the rest of them, man, I, I, I don't know, man, and again, like I always say, you know, I, I hope this, this fight card proves me wrong, I hope it's one of the greatest of all time, I don't want to, I'm going to sit down and watch it, so I don't want it to be boring just to have a self-fulfilling prophecy, but I, I really fear that this one's going to be um, incredibly lackluster. Um, but you know, only time will tell, you know, we're, we're only a couple of days away. So, uh, we'll wrap it up here again. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely, M N the mailman at Owen, the mailman, North star sports at North star M I N. Be sure to check out our website at northstarsports.media. Check out our UFC rankings. Got a bunch of other fun shit on there. Main card showdown taking place, uh, this Saturday. Uh, I'm going to take the belt back from Drew Peterson. So we'll wrap it up. Thanks for tuning in everybody.